Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get set. For week nine of the NFL season, not the most exciting game tonight. Raiders and 49ers. Really, you're only watching this if you play fantasy football or you're betting on the game. Let's hope the game is at least somewhat entertaining, but certainly the worst Thursday night game left on the slate. I looked ahead. The only game that might be bad also ahead is Jacksonville in Tennessee. But uh, the week kicks off tonight. But there are some good games this weekend. Of course, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on Instagram, at Aaron88. Uh, my sit article is up for the week, and again, I will say this, because a lot of times people read the article, and they'll be like, oh, this guy was in your sit column. Should I sit him for this guy? And it's a player that is even worse. You know, I can't put, like, the obvious sits, like a guy ranked 50th, but it's just some players that have more difficult matchups, and with six teams on by, it can be difficult you might have to play someone with a tougher matchup, so keep that in mind. But the Week 9 sit article is up. Dr. Roto's Thursday Night Football preview is up. We have our Fantasy Football Snap Counts, Week 9 Stardom, and Fantasy Football for Breakfast. You could ask your questions on the message boards and forums at any time. Our premium wide receiver matchups report. And, of course, Scout DFS. We have you covered there for NBA, NHL, and NFL. Uh, some good picks last night. Uh, NBA Optimizer, unfortunately, I think it I think it had Tyus Jones, uh, who was scratched last minute. And there's nothing we can do about that. That happened after lineup block. And if you played him in cash games, he was highly owned. So sometimes those things happen with the NBA. But you can always check out the seven-day free trial for NBA. And, uh, again, NBA, my favorite DFS sport. We got you covered for NHL and NFL. Of course, we have the NFL DFS stacks tools, too. That's a really good tool that, you know, because when you're trying to win tournaments of big money, usually you want to stack players, uh, especially a quarterback with two receivers, a running back, or a tight end. So the stacks tool is a, a very valuable thing to have here. And, you know, it gives you the value of the stacks and you can sort it. So, you know, I'm looking at one now and it gives you a player on the other side. So I'll give you uh, like the fourth highest stack uh, is Cousins, Latavius, Thielen, and Kerryon Johnson on the other side. So, you know, you can kind of sort through that, and it gives you a lot of combinations in the value. And you could sort it, you know, you could put a running back tight end, running back at tight end, two wide receivers, the opponents in the game stack, you could put their running back or wide receiver or tight end. So definitely a useful tool that I recommend checking out. And again, I want you guys to make money, and I keep saying it, VegasWhispers.com, 15-4 and four since Saturday. Uh, and full disclosure, there were uh, there was a last night, uh, was uh, one and two. They had Brooklyn by two. Brooklyn won by one. It had Utah by three, and they were upset. Derrick Rose went off last night. That was a great 
game to see. Derrick Rose with 50 points, everything he's been through, and you saw how emotional he was at the end. And then the free bet was Denver-Chicago under 223, and that cashed even though the game went into overtime. So full disclosure here, one and two yesterday, but again, 15 and four since Saturday. And here's the benefit. So when you sign up to VegasWhispers.com, we have a private Twitter feed, and you could set it up for alerts. So obviously I'm on that. And there was some information given out today that they got early in the day, and those lines moved tremendously. So if you were a member and you got that tweet earlier in the day, you cashed in. Well, you didn't catch. You got a, a good number. We'll find out if it cashed in at the end of the night. But there were a couple where the line movement was pretty stark, and I was able to jump in uh, and, and put a couple bets in before that line moved. So that's the benefit is this information where we kind of knew that Anthony Davis was probably going to be out. He's ruled doubtful. I don't think they've officially ruled him out yet. But that line has jumped from where it was. So that's what's uh, the benefit here is you're going to get this information earlier than a lot of other people, and it's going to allow you to capitalize before the significant line movement. So, again, VegasWhispers.com. Check it out. Uh, you can sign up for, I think there's a seven-day trial. Uh, there's free picks of the day. So, again, um, I will com- can you continue to give updates here. And uh, so far, so good. Again, since Saturday, 15-4. and four. So uh, make sure you sign up. Again, it's never going to be that. That's like a elite. It, there's going to be ups and downs, but – you know, as long as we are uh, way more in the positive, which it has been so far, you're going to want to be a part of that. I'll have Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. He's going to join me in the final two segments. We'll talk some DFS with him. Very interesting slate this week. There's a ton of value. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting slate this week. Uh, but let's kick it off with some of the news. Of course, tonight we have the 49ers and the Raiders. Nick Mullins will start at quarterback for the 49ers. C.J. Beathard is active but he's only the backup, and it will be on an emergency basis. So they had said that Bether would have been able to play if this game was Sunday, but Mullins is a second-year undrafted free agent out of southern Mississippi. Uh, he has not thrown uh, an NFL pass before. He played in the preseason, 396 passing yards, one touchdown and three picks. So you got to downgrade the 49ers offense here. You just have to. I know the Raiders are not that good. But we just don't know what we're going to get from Mullen. So you can start George Kittle. You downgrade him a little bit. But we know how bad the tight end position is. Uh, I don't know if you have a better option than Kittle. Maybe in a shallow league you do. But in a deeper format, I just can't imagine that you get uh, a lot. And as far as the running backs, you know, it's it's really tough with Matt Breda right now. He's got a great matchup. The Raiders have been one of the worst run defenses over the last four weeks, but Breda's been playing hurt. He's been leaving the game. It's a short week. And can we really trust what's going on with these 49ers running backs? You know, two weeks ago, I played Raheem Mostert, and that didn't work out. Uh, or is it, Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. In the last week, we thought he would get more, and he didn't. Uh, Alpha Morris, the week that I played him, he had one snap, so it's really dicey with that backfield right now, so I don't feel good about it. I'm not starting any of the 49ers receivers, so uh, again, very tough here uh, trying to figure out what to do. I think Brita's a low RB2 uh, this week uh, for tonight's game. Stefan Diggs did not practice again today dealing with this rib injury. He said he absolutely, that was a quote from him, absolutely expects to play against the Lions on Sunday, so you know, my guess is he's going to play because this injury occurred during last week's game and he was able to finish it. So this seems like a pain tolerance issue. And obviously, you don't want to push him, especially since it's a rib. He doesn't need to practice much. You'd like to see him put in at least a limited practice on Friday that would make you feel better. Maybe he turns out to be a game time decision. But 
I'm leaning towards him playing right now, and I have him in a couple leagues, and right now I have him penciled into the lineup. And I doubt you have many players going into tonight's game that you're comparing him to, so I think you should be able to wait until Sunday to make that decision. And I don't even think I'd play any of the receivers over him tonight if I was forced to. Like, if you were, yeah, I would just wait it out on Diggs, and hopefully if somehow he doesn't play, we know early enough and you could always run to the waiver wire. Alex Collins did not practice today. He's dealing with a foot injury, so this is uh, not good here for status. Now, we never know. Sometimes teams do manage reps of a veteran player. Maybe he's back in practice tomorrow and he's fine, but this is something to to worry about here. You know, he could turn into a game-time decision, and obviously that would be an uptick for Buck Allen, who just has not been good this year. He's very reliant on touchdowns, and he's been trending downward over the last few weeks. Obviously, they just brought in Ty Montgomery, Maybe he plays a role, but he just came to the team, so we'll have to wait and see on Collins. But if you do have him, you know, start thinking of a contingency plan in case he can't go. I know I have him in a league where I have bye week issues. I do have Buck Allen on that roster, so I would probably just slide Buck Allen in. I uh, really don't want to, but might be forced to do it. Rob Gronkowski did not practice today, man. This has just been frustrating with the Gronk. I mean, this could be just them giving him rest. He doesn't look right. I forgot who it was, but someone said they were on the field and Gronk walked by, and as, as someone with a back injury, they could tell that he wasn't healthy. Maybe it was Ross Tucker, but Gronk is probably not close to 100%. He's not getting open. They're not looking to him in the red zone. It's real frustrating. I've told the story before, but I took Gronkowski in one league, my last draft out in Vegas, just because I wanted to – do something different, and it was a, a mistake, and it's just a lesson, and I think that's the key here. In fantasy sports in general, the goal is to always learn and get better going forward, and we all make mistakes, and Gronkowski was never part of my plan. He was not part of the blueprint, and I should have just stuck with what I usually do instead of trying to be different, and you know, I could be sitting here, and Gronk has seven touchdowns, and I said, oh, what a wise decision, but you know, I just don't take tight ends you know, early third round. I took him at pick 25. It's not something I do, and I just should have stuck with the plan. Now, if he t it's a value where I got Travis Kelsey at 4-9, that's different. I'm, you know, at that point, I didn't really love anybody on the board. So it's just a lesson, and we all have to just keep learning in life in general, but especially in fantasy. And for me, uh, there's a lot, there's times where I don't regret picks, and I'm like, well, you know, the process was right. Everything that I thought, uh, you know, was was right it just didn't work out in this case i just should have stuck with what i usually do and uh, i think it's going to be a bumpy road for gronkowski owners the rest of the way and the problem is if you draft a gronkowski you probably did not draft a top tight end you probably waited and took someone late you know the league i took ricky seals jones so you know most weeks i'm gonna just suck it up and roll with gronkowski but i think there are situations where you don't have to start him but it all depends on who you have. You know, if you have a George Kittle, David Njoku, I'm probably going with those guys at this point. Gronk has just not looked right, and I don't know if he gets better the rest of the way. They do have a bye week coming up, so uh, maybe that helps. I think they have a bye in week 11. Chris Thompson still sidelined, dealing with rib injuries, so not good news there for him. Uh, again, this could be a pain tolerance thing, and it sounds like, you know, he might miss the game this week And what is a juicy matchup. Atlanta is allowing over nine receptions per game to running backs. And Thompson, though, is very dependent on game flow. I illustrated that in my Stockwatch article yesterday. In the games that the Redskins have lost, Thompson has uh, put up big numbers. In the games they're ahead, uh, he does not have much volume. It's a lot of Adrian Peterson. But I do think this is a game this week where 
It's going to be close. Uh, I think Atlanta wins, so uh, I think they could be playing from behind a little bit. Dalvin Cook said he's unsure if he's going to play this week against the Lions. He said he feels great, but I think he's not going to play this week. The Vikings have a bye in Week 10. There's no need to push him. Latavius Murray has done a very good job, and I think the Vikings have got to make sure that Dalvin Cook is as close to 100% as possible before he steps foot on the field because they need him 100% down the stretch, and we saw what happened when Leonard Fournette returned. So I would expect Dalvin Cook to sit this week, meaning you can get Latavius Murray in your lineup once again. Cooper Cup is expected to return this week against the Saints in what should be a real fun game. The over-under on that is 60 between the Rams and the Saints. So uh, Sean McVay said that uh, they expect him to be out there. So I think you're going to play him in most instances. And I feel like the Rams' offense has not been as sharp without Cooper Cup. We know Jared Goff looks for him in the red zone consistently. It's like a safety blanket for him. So... Uh, Cup should be in a good spot this week with a good matchup there against the Saints. Tyree Kill did not, well, he was limited in practice today. He put in a full practice on Wednesday. We were worried about him because he had a groin injury on Sunday, left the game late. So this could just be the Chiefs being cautious here and not overworking him. You're always worried about a groin injury. At the same time, you wonder, okay, did he come out of Wednesday's practice with a little soreness? We'll just have to wait and see there on Tyree Kill, see what the uh, plan is for tomorrow. Alvin Kamara was held out of practice today for the Saints, but don't worry, it's not an injury, it's an illness. So you would think he plays an illness on Thursday, the game's on Sunday. We'd expect him to play, and man, his price has gone down on DraftKings. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit with Sean Childs. Uh, it could be an interesting play this week. Sony Michelle limited in practice today for the Patriots. Remember, he was limited in practice last week on Saturday. They had a Monday night game, so... It's sounding like he's going to play. Now, the tricky part is this is a Sunday night game against Green Bay. So I'm hoping Michelle plays. Uh, I definitely need him in one league for sure. So we're going to have to wait and see. Hopefully we get those reports Sunday morning with uh, the NFL beat reporters who will hopefully tell us with a strong indication whether Michelle will go or not. Randall Cobb limited at practice today. He did play last week. He had four catches, 40 yards, and five targets. I don't think he's playable right now. You know, he ran uh, the fourth most routes on the team. You know, Valdez Scantling ran more routes. I actually would play him over Randall Cobb. And, uh, you know, the the issue with Cobb was before the year, we thought he would get heavy volume. And you wanted a wide receiver, too, in an offense led by Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know if we can count on that value with Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams and Toronto Allison and Graham. So uh, definitely concerned about Cobb. Don't think he's a great start. Allen Robinson. Still not practicing with this groin injury. My guess is he doesn't play this week. I don't think you play him anyway. Uh, obviously, the Bears can probably get by without him against the Bills. So this obviously would be an upgrade for Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton. So I would not play Robinson this week. Mohamed Sanu did not practice on Thursday. Remember, he had a hip injury a couple weeks ago. Probably they're being cautious here, but it is a little bit of a concern considering the Falcons had a bye last week. So Sanu is someone to keep an eye on. Corey Davis, Davis was limited at practice today with a hamstring issue. The biggest concern with Davis is the matchup this week. They're going against Dallas. Dallas has allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They really struggle against slot wide receivers, and Corey Davis is not in the slot much. So I like Corey Davis for the second half. Do not drop him. 
but it could be another tough matchup this week. Two very slow-paced teams, so there might not be a lot of plays in that Monday night game. Royce Freeman still not practicing today, so that obviously would bode well for Philip Lindsay and Devontae Booker. Melvin Gordon was limited in practice today. You would like to see a full practice from him coming off a bye where he had a hamstring issue that sat him in London, but uh, it sounds like he should be good to go this week, but something to keep an eye on. Theo Riddick was limited at practice today. It sounds like he'll be back. That's going to hurt Kerryon Johnson just a little bit because we know Riddick's going to be used in the passing game, but Kerryon Johnson I would still feel good about, but not as a full go as it was in recent weeks with Riddick out. Jamison Crowder has already been ruled out for Week 9. This will be the fourth straight game he has missed, so it's not a good sign when players are ruled out this early in the week. Uh, Brian Costello of the New York Post expects the Jets to activate Elijah McGuire for this week against the Dolphins, so he's been picked up in a lot of leagues. If he is available, I would definitely add him. The Jets liked him before the year. I was drafting him in my June-July drafts thinking he would have a pretty big role in this team. And with Bilal Powell out for the season, expect McGuire to slide into that role. And Kenny Stills did not practice today, so that would indicate that he might not return, and that's good news for Devontae Parker, who looked really, really good last week. Always worried about trusting Parker, but he looked good last week. When we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com as we'll take a look at some DFS with him. That is ahead, Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. We have our Week 9 projections up, my Week 9 sit article, Dr. Otto's Thursday Night Football Preview, Week 9 Stardom, and, of course, our premium wide receiver matchups report. And you can ask questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Scout DFS, we have you covered for NFL, NBA, NHL, and VegasWhispers.com for your betting needs as they are crushing it right now. So make sure you join today, VegasWhispers.com. Time now to bring in Sean Childs. You can find him on ScoutFantasySports.com, also one of the top high-stakes players around. Sean, what's going on? Not much. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Getting uh, pumped up for this uh, exciting Thursday night game between the Raiders and the 49ers. Yeah, was it going to be like 11-0 final? Uh, could be, man. I mean, it's uh, definitely not one of the most uh, intriguing games of the week. Yeah, the inju- injury at quarterback and the San Francisco having the, the running backs all banged up, it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, you know, the 49ers can, uh, you know, be productive on offense. I think people are worried about George Kittle tonight. Uh, what would you do with Kittle? We know the tight end landscape is so bad that six teams on by – I, I don't know if many people have Kittle and another viable tight end. Do you just suck it up and roll with Kittle, or are you concerned that you know this could be a dud tonight? Yeah, I mean maybe a four for 50, four for forty game, and you know you know not a TD, but 
you know, he's got to be one of the outlets and, you know, be close to the line of scrimmage. So, and they don't throw a lot of balls to the running back position typically. So I, I would think Kittle will be at least okay. You know, you're not going to get a probably an explosive game. But, I mean, he's shown the ability to make some big plays once in a while. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, I would just stick with him. And like you said, it, you know, I, I have a ton of tight ends that are off this week because of the, the, uh, the schedule. So, and, you know, you just got to, you know, it's just one of those weeks. You just survive the bye week. Yeah, and then obviously uh, the biggest bye week of the year so far with six teams on bye. Uh, very interesting DFS slate this week because we know there's a lot of value that opened up with the trades, and it feels like the pricing on DraftKings uh, has gotten soft. Like Todd Gurley, his price keeps going down. I mean, he's 9,500 uh, in a game with 60 points is the over-under. He's coming off his second-highest performance of the season last week, 36.5 DK points. And his salary went down to ninety five hundred. Uh, is there enough value to jam in Gurley again this week? Yeah, you can get him in. He's just—I uh, think it's just that it's probably works on the uh, you know what, how many points he's scoring and how many people are using him. And I just think most people are having a tough time getting him in their lineup. So uh, you know that's probably a reason why it's trending backwards. Where I think at FanDuel it keeps going higher and higher. It's like eleven one this week, which makes him a tough buy. So um, yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, you, you're going to try to cheat the second running back position and, you know, maybe one, one low-value uh, hookup, hopefully. And then, uh, you know, Gurley, you know, he's just kind of, you know, he's almost like a given. He should get 30 points. Last week he should have got 40 if he scored that last touchdown. But he's, you know, on a pace. You know, I don't know if he can beat Tomlinson the year, that year, but it looks like it's pretty close right now. How about Alvin Kamara as well? You know, he's uh, in that game. His price has gone down, too. Uh, obviously, with Ingram coming back, we've seen a little bit of the usage decline. But last week, uh, he had 26.6 DK points, and he's at 7,300. Uh, how appealing is Kamara in this uh, high-scoring game this week? I like his usage a lot better last week. You know, he you know he, he, he had a step up and you know over Ingram and touches, and Ingram still getting about 16 touches a game in his three games back. But you know, at the goal line. Kamara was in there. He was catching passes uh, in the game. He had a pretty good game considering that Breeze only threw the ball, you know, you know, a limited number of times and only had like 120 yards in, in, in middle offense. But they've still, uh, this season, uh, the Saints just haven't run the ball as well as last year. Their running backs are still getting a lot of points because of the touchdowns and catches, but, you know, their explosive plays on the run game aren't there. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, this type of matchup where, you know, um, the uh, Rams are pretty aggressive with their defensive line that, you know, the Saints might be able to take advantage of that where the running backs either hit on a catch for a long long play or, or even a break a long run. So I think Kamara's in the mix and, you know, where his salary's drifted back where it's 7,300, I believe there, you know, he's back in play at 8,500. I think he was a lot tougher start, but, you know, 7,300, you know, is definitely you know, could be an opposite piece of Gurley in this matchup. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scalfantasysports.com. Obviously, the quarterback who's in a great spot this week is Cam Newton going against Tampa, who has been shredded by everyone. And we know Cam always has a high floor because of what he does on the ground. He's the second highest priced quarterback on DraftKings this week at 6,600. Uh, and obviously, quarterback, there's some cheap plays that you can get in in good spots. But Cam, in one of the best spots this week, uh, how much do you like him? Or do you feel you that you might save a little bit more at the quarterback position this week? I would really, really like to ride Cam this week. It's just, um, it's, it's, it, for this year, he seems like he hasn't done anything special, but he's the third highest scoring quarterback, and he's in a matchup that the defense doesn't play that well, and he can run the ball with the best of them and score rushing touchdowns. 
it just seems like it sets up for an explosive game. You like what Moore is doing. You know, Samuel might, you know, develop into a better role and more explosive. And even um, McCaffrey hasn't had any big games as far as catching the ball in a few weeks. And, and Tampa can get beat in all areas. They can be, get beat at the, the tight end, the running back, and the receiver. So, it's you know, Cam should have, you know, four touchdowns in this game. Some, you know, maybe one on the ground, three in the air. Pretty, you know, pretty productive. And Tampa at least throws the ball well enough where they'll at least score some points, you would think, and it would be a competitive game. So, I, I, I mean, I think Cam's going to be an interesting player going forward. And they're, yeah, they're, they're playing improving offense, and I like some of their pieces. For sure. I mean, it feels like Cam gets a little undervalued in fantasy pretty much every year. I was kind of guilty of it last year. I liked him this year. Obviously, I didn't get him in a lot of leagues because you got to take him early, but he gives you that high floor each and every week with the rushing, and the offense has certainly improved. North Turner's done a good job there. Drew Brees is interesting this week because, again, it's one of the highest-scoring games of the week, but we've seen Brees' pass attempts really go down again. It seems like They've shifted to the run. Obviously, last week they had the pick six, which changed things. Breeze is coming off a 120-yard game. The week before, 212. That was at Baltimore, though. We know that defense is pretty good. But this sets up to be a back-and-forth game at 6,100. People look at game logs. Is Breeze in a good spot this week at 6,100, or are you looking elsewhere? I, he just, I think he falls into, you know, when he's at home, you expect like 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like you said, that they've... They've run the ball pretty well. They got twelve rushing touchdowns, and I know Breeze has a couple, which is you know, I think he's got three in the year, which is a little surprising. But you know, if they can get the ball rolling down and take advantage against the Rams, you know, they're going to run it as much as they can. They had over thirty rushing attempts in three of those last four games, and even last week it was twenty-nine. So they are trying to run the ball a lot. His pass attempts aren't in the forties where they were. When he was in his prime, even the first three games, he was you know hit 45, 35, and forty-nine. So he's not throwing the ball. As much Tampa obviously pushed it in the first game, and the you know the Cleveland game was low scoring, but it, it just seems like it's the game should be high scoring, but they're more of a balanced offense, and you know Breeze is like a pretty safe. He's going to get to the three hundred yards, and he should get two to three touchdowns, and most likely three, and you know more steady than the five touchdowns that you've been getting like out of Mahomes or four, you know once in a while. So interesting player, um, capable of a big game, and then. And the Rams should, you know, push the issue against their defense as well. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Uh, how about Jared Goff? Uh, finally, last week, we saw a three-touchdown game. Obviously, Gurley has been soaking up a lot of the touchdowns. Uh, Goff is 6,000 on DK. Is he someone that you would consider this week? Yeah, I mean, with Gurley being so explosive, and the, and the thing with, you know, Goff that's different is that, you know, Gurley is so involved, but he can switch like we saw last year against Tennessee, I think, in that game, and he hits on that 90-yard touchdown pass on, you know, and, and, and make explosive plays in the pass game. So he's like, a you know, a viable, you know, Goff to Gurley hookup is, is viable. And then, you know, he's going to have cut back, and he's got the, you know, the, you know, the two other outside receivers that are pretty good. So, you know, Goff is going to throw the ball, you know, probably only like 35 times, but he's going to make some big plays. And, you know, if they – the Saints have played better against the run, but, uh, you know, Gurley is going to be a problem. So Goff might be forced a little bit more, you know, where Gurley gets one touchdown and Goff has a chance to get, like, four in this matchup, you know. But which wide receiver do you gravitate to? Or, is it, like I said, or is it a Gurley hookup, and, which is, you know, very uh, very capable of coming in? How about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this week? Obviously, we've seen him put up big numbers this year. You know, the first three games of the year, 400 passing yards. He had that 
comeback last week in the second half with 194 and two touchdowns going up against Carolina, whose defense has been hit or miss, but Fitzpatrick is 5,500 on DK. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fitzpatrick for this week? He has all the tools, and they, their run game has looked a little bit better in the last three games. So if they can run the ball a little better, create more scoring chances. Last week they turned it over, probably cost themselves a lot of you know scoring chances by you know, Winston making a mistake. So you know they have over 400 yards passing in four games, uh, 395 in another, and you know played well against uh, Cleveland. So the only the only team that kind of really you know shut them down a little bit was the Bears. So overall, Tampa has good receivers, good tight ends, and they're running back. You know, is serviceable at least running the ball. You know, not great, uh, but you know, if they're going to score, most likely it is coming in the air. And uh, I think Fitzpatrick just seems like there's something special. He's got the chemistry going. The team likes to play for him. And uh, you know, Carolina, like you said, they're, they're hit and miss on defense. Um, they might slow down Evans, but you know, he can go to the second and third wide receivers, or even the fourth wide receiver. And both tight ends, are, you know, are have value at the goal line when they want to score. So. Interesting game. I think Fitzpatrick is, you know, it's a, it's, it's a wide-open game, and uh, Fitzpatrick has to be in the mix based on his salary. Alex Smith has done nothing this year, but he has one of the best matchups. We know Atlanta's defense has really been banged up. Is Alex Smith someone that is sneaky at 5,000 on DK, or is it a bad pick just because this offense has just not produced anything uh, explosive offensively in the passing game? Yeah, I don't – I mean, for them – you know, to do anything in the passing game. They need their wide receivers or even Jordan Reed to be more productive. Reed did look a little bit better last year, last week, I mean, and, and had a little more playing time. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, the wide receivers are banged up. Crowder's not playing. Dotson's, you know, he's going to probably face Trafon. I don't expect much out of him. You know, they, they're going to lean on the running back position, and hopefully they keep the game somewhat up in control. The only way that he has a chance to come in is that actually Atlanta, you know, can – jump out to a two-touchdown lead and force Washington into the air, which is possible if, they, if uh, you know, Ryan, you know, can hit on a long play and maybe they can have a long drive and score early. So it, it, it's, it's I would prefer to, you know, stay away from uh, Smith, but, you know, he's, he's been sneaky when he was at Kansas City. He would come in like two or three times a year, have a game out of nowhere. But, you know, I don't see him having the pieces to be, be playable this week. What do you think happens with the Cleveland offense with all these coaching changes? I know it's kind of hard to predict, but do you see this being a positive and that maybe things can turn around because, you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't had much protection uh, and a lot of the players that we were hoping would produce just haven't. Uh, so do you think this change in coaches could get things going in the right direction for Cleveland and help us in fantasy? Yeah, you got a defensive coach probably wants to run the ball and play more of a defensive style and, control the clock a little bit better. Um, they'll probably most likely play better at home, you know, overall as a team. And, you know, um, but, you know, Kansas City can score a lot. So, uh, you know, it's going to be easy for, you know, Kansas City to take them out of their game plan. So I, I don't expect, you know, a, you know, big changes, even though that Kansas City, you know, has shown a lot of weakness against, uh, you know, obviously offenses this year. So I would, I would expect them to come out and try to use Chubb as much as they can. Um, and hopefully keep the game somewhat in line. But, you know, if Kansas City sticks in touchdowns on every drive, you know, out of the gate, you know, Mayfield is going to have to throw. He just doesn't have you – know, his tight end's a little banged up, and his second and third wide receivers aren't that great after a couple injuries. And then, uh, you know, they don't get Duke, Duke Johnson in the mix. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't expect, you know, Mayfield to be playable in any time in the immediate future, but the game may surprise to be competitive if they can, you know, keep, you know, 
keep the game score under control by running the ball. Is Chubb viable on DraftKings this week? He's 4,500. He's had 18 and 20 touches in the two games he started. The Browns are at home, and Kansas City's defense hasn't has been hasn't has been good on the road. So can you consider Chubb this week at, at 4,500? Uh, yeah, I like Chubb a lot this week. I, I mean, it's, you know, his price, and you, you, you add in his price, and you know his explosiveness, I and mean, he had those couple long runs in that game earlier this year. He played two games on the road, you know, in a – didn't didn't do much, you know, as far as you know, big plays. But I expect first game at home, he's going to you know hit on some plays. I expect over 100 yards, maybe a touchdown, and you know if they can stick in the game, you know they're going to rely on him in close because they don't want to turn over the ball. So it's just a it's just a matter of you know if they if they don't you know fall down fall behind by a lot, which you know the game's at least in Cleveland, and Cleveland does have some decent defensive players. So I, I like Chubb as, as based on his price point, but I, I would I wouldn't say key on him as a lock, you know, just because you know because the game score could go away from him. James Conner has just been unbelievable the last three weeks for those that have used him in DFS, but he is on the road against Baltimore, and the last time he faced Baltimore was Week Four. He only had nine carries for 19 yards and three receptions for 25 yards, and did not score a touchdown. Is Connor someone that you would consider in tournaments because he'll be low owned, or are you worried about the matchup could be similar to what we saw in Week Four? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade him this week. I mean, he you know he's been on the winning ticket like the last couple of weeks. He's played great, <laughs> but, you know, and making it very easy for you know Pittsburgh to not even worry about Le'Veon Bell and uh, pretty much I think it's his job for the rest of the year, no matter what happens at this point. So. Um, yeah, I think he's a fade this week. His salary still, you know, it isn't up where, you know, in a, you know, a girly area, but it's still, uh, you know, still relatively high and you need a, you know, 30 points for him to get four times the salary, at least at DraftKings. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think he's a fade on the road in this game. I've been surprised at how well Adrian Peterson has played this year. He's had a couple of injuries. He's fought through it. He's getting heavy volume. He's coming off a game where he had 27 touches the week before he had 25 he is 6,000 on DraftKings. It's looking like Chris Thompson's probably not going to play. Can you use Adrian Peterson this week? Yeah, I, I think you can use him. I expect him to at least score a touchdown there. You know, Atlanta's had so many injuries on their defense where, you know, their linebackers and their strong safety and stuff like that. So teams will be able to get running back points, but they also need, you know, to use Peterson a little more in the, um, the passing game to fill, you know, his – his projections came out pretty good this week, you know, figuring Thompson wasn't going to play. But if he could, if he could catch four or five balls, it'd be pretty easy. He'd be a lock. But, you know, if he's only going to catch one or two passes, he's going to have to get over 100 yards, score at least one touchdown, you know, and, and, and Washington play for a lead where he's going to get those, you know, 25 touches. But like you said, he's, you know, I think his last three games, he's averaged about 26 touches a game. So he's going to get the ball a lot, and they're going to rely on him. And, uh, you know, and Atlanta has risk against, you know, running backs catching the ball. It's just a matter of him getting a chance. So he's he's definitely viable. Seems a bit high, probably, people think is, but it is a favorable matchup. Would you be selling on Peterson if you were in a season-long league with trades? Uh, it's, it's With RB2s overall, it seems like they're kind of disappointing. It's it's kind of hard when you got a guy that's going to touch the ball that much and Thompson's kind of banged up. If it was a split role and Thompson was a more of a threat, I would consider selling him high. But, you know, I think Peterson will play well at home and, and do some stuff. And, you know, if the game's on the road, he'd probably be, you know, 15 for 65 and once in a while get a touchdown. So, but I, I would I would hang on to him based on the direction he goes. He looks pretty good. 
Lots more ahead as I'm joined by Sean Childs. You can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Powering the projections for Scout Fantasy Sports. We'll continue to look at some players that we will consider for DFS or avoid this week. That is ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can catch us live each weekday, 7 p.m. Eastern, or check out the show on demand anytime you want. Also, check out ScoutFantasySports.com as we have a ton of content to help you dominate in fantasy football. Week 9 stardom, week 9 sit-em, preview of tonight's game, and we'll answer your questions anytime on the message boards and the forums. Scout DFS has you covered for NBA, NHL, NFL, and VegasWhispers.com for all your betting needs as they continue to tear it up uh, since last uh, Saturday. I think it's uh, 12 and... 12 and 4 now. So, uh, some really good info there. They give out a free pick of the day, so you could check it out. But you're going to want to join. Uh, it's 15 and 4 since Saturday. So, VegasWhispers.com. Check it out now. I'm joined by Sean Childs. You can find him, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we kind of look ahead a little seasonal and DFS for week nine. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, I think, has frustrated a lot of fantasy owners this year just because we haven't seen heavy volume on the ground. But it seems like he's starting to get involved in the passing game quite a bit. Uh, recently, and we know the Jets last week gave up that long play to Tariq Cohen. Like, he wasn't even close to being touched. I don't think a lot of people will look at Kenyon Drake. Is he too risky because of the volatility, or do you feel like there's enough involvement in the pass game now that maybe you can consider him in a tournament at 5,300 on DK? Uh, he's definitely capable. It's just the, you know, the gore factor. He just takes away so much of his upside. I mean, he he does have a few more catches in the last game. I think he's good. You know, 13 or so, um, you know, on pace for over a thousand yards, 50 catches, you know, 10 touchdowns. I mean, the base looks decent and the, and even had two throwaway games where they just didn't use them for some reason, uh, which is, you know, based on their options is kind of surprising. So, uh, he, 14 touches a game, he's definitely going to need a touchdown, probably four or five catches and, and probably to hit on a decent long play. So, uh, this matchup, I, w- I would think that. He scored 17 points, I think, in the first matchup. You know, he's 5,300. I think 20 points would be more than reasonable to expect out of him, especially on the, the direction he's done in the last couple of games. How about Latavius Murray? It's sounding like Dalvin Cook's probably not going to play. It seems like he wants to, but they have a bye next week. It would make sense for them to sit him. Latavius Murray, the last three weeks on DK, 25.8, 22.3, 20 and a half. He's 5,100. It seems like people just don't want to play him because they don't see the big upside, but he's been 4X three straight weeks. 
Yeah. Do you think Cook's a Cook a bust for this year or what? Uh it's it feels that way uh, at this point. <laughs> I mean, he 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 would have to like. Okay, say he comes back week eleven. I mean, he's he's got to dominate the rest of the way. Then that's only what five six weeks. So. I mean, people have been holding on. I mean, if you have Fournette and Cook, forget it. <laughs> You're probably out of it. But uh, I didn't. I didn't take Cook in uh, many leagues. Maybe, maybe one, and it wasn't even a, an important league for me. So you avoided Cook, I believe, right? Yeah, I don't have Cook in any league, and I, I don't have Murray actually either. But I mean, Murray was a get drafted as a fair value, figuring he was a pretty good handcuff, and it was surprising to see that. The cook owners didn't handcuff him at all. When I was, most of the drafts, I saw it wasn't important. You know, at least they would have somewhat survived the last few weeks out of it. But you know, it's it's players coming off injuries like that are just tough to buy, especially when they get a high price point. But uh, you know, but you know, Murray's been great. He even caught some passes last week. Um, Detroit will give up, you know, plenty of yards and touchdowns. I think the I think every week this year the they've given up at least twenty points to the running back position. So Murray is. You know, he doesn't have really much competition for touches, and he's going to go score the goal line stuff. He's going to catch most of the passes, and, you know, they just don't throw a lot with their receivers doing so well. So, But he, like you said, he should get four times this week. He, he possibly uh, could get two touchdowns with Detroit, you know, having some risk against running backs. So, you know, he just stands out as, you know, as like you got the che- you got the choice between him and Chubb. Chubb's a little cheaper, but you know Minnesota's offense is a lot better probably going to have score, create a lot more scoring chances, probably play from the lead, you know. So there's a lot of like with Murray this week. One of the chalkiest plays this week probably is going to be Cortland Sutton. He's 3,900. We know that Demarius Thomas was traded, so that opens up more targets for Sutton. When you know you have a play so cheap, but they're going to be heavily owned, uh, what do you do? I know you play multiple lineups, so you'll probably have a certain percentage, but uh, are you high on Sutton this week? And how about the rest of the season for him in seasonal? Where do you uh, see him rank? Is he a wide receiver two, high wide receiver three? Thoughts on Sutton the rest of the way? I would probably say he's a wide receiver three, just with concerns of you know quality quarterback play in you know in Denver. Um, they would like to run the ball a little bit, and you know he has he has a lot of plays this year where he has been called back, you know, touchdowns and big plays from penalties. So he has some hidden stats that people might not see, but. If I have him on some teams and, and I would, you know, as a wide receiver three or a flex, he's probably going to be in a lineup every week going forward. As far as this matchup, you know, it's all really comes down to probably on both sides of the ball is, you know, if if Denver can, you know, rush the quarterback, you know, Demarius probably isn't going to be that much of a factor and, and you know, Hopkins will get his catches. But, you know, if Houston can pressure, you know, um, uh Keenum, then, you know, he Sutton's probably not going to be able to make many big plays and they're going to rely on Sanders for, for the shorter stuff. So I think I think he's attractive. He can score and he can make some big plays. And I think, you know, you know, you can probably figure he's going to be, you know, six for 60, six for 75. It's just, you know, he probably needs that touchdown to come in. And, and that, you know, after a couple of games, a more favorable matchup as far as, you know, a weaker defense, uh, you know, he'll probably be, you know, have some some, some explosive games. Just curious, when you're setting your lineups, obviously you have your projections on on our site. Do you go strictly by that, or if you have two players that are similar, you might take one that's lower? Because people have asked me before, like when I do rankings, and you know, for a draft, if I have someone 27, I might take someone 31 because it's real close. How do you do that when you're deciding your teams? Do you go strictly by the projections, or will you maybe take someone lower? 
I, I believe it or not, I rarely look at the projections when I'm making a decision. I am. Um, we get we get a lot of questions on the message board about lineup things, and a lot of people play in shallower leagues where they have better quality than we're used to. But when I'm playing in a 12-team league, you know, in a bye week, I mean, I'm going to have more of a question. But I, I'm a guy that would like to – I draft – the goal is to draft, to have as least amount of decisions as possible. I like to have – you know, if I have good receivers and the good players, I'm playing my best players. Even if they have an unfavorable matchup, I'm not trying to get cute. And it's just a matter of does that player – pass another player on the food chain and sometimes you're a week late on it and sometimes you're not and then sometimes there is a player that you have on your roster say a wide receiver in this case I would go back to the Ridley situation where you fear Ridley you know kind of came out of nowhere that week he had the explosive game um, but he was probably going to be a better play at home and I probably should have been aggressive playing him because I put my decision probably on some teams at that time of the year was like Mike Williams who had done pretty good in the first couple games but most likely, I'm playing, you know, the best players, I think, on my team based on how they're drafted, and I in, intake their opportunity and their playing time, you know, the same as I do in the projections, and they're probably, you know, I probably know all that stuff in my head, probably cold. When I, you know, if somebody asks you a question, you're pretty, you probably know instantly who you think, but there is some of them that are pretty close, but, you know, it's just more, I'm playing my best players because I know my best players have the chance at some big games, and if I'm trying to get cute to get that 12 points rather than eight, you know, the guy that's explosive is the guy that I'm supposed to be in there because he might get a 30 and a six, and I want to catch the 30 and not miss on that game. Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com breaking it down there. Another cheap wide receiver this week that maybe is in play uh, for DFS is Traquan Smith. He's 4,200. Obviously, you know, the last two weeks, 10 targets. But this projects as a game that could be going back and forth. And we know Traquan Smith without Ted Ginn is playing the second most snaps, and he's capable of a big play. Do you like him this week at 4,200 because of the game environment? If you're playing that game, I think he should be tied to Breeze in some sort of fashion for, you know, based on salary. You know, you're hoping that he hits on a big play. I um, still would like to see a little more out of him as far as chances. Uh, Thomas is, is, hasn't had much action the last three or four games, as we talked about, with Breeze not throwing as much. But Thomas is probably going to get back to where he's got double digits this week just based on matchups. So, you know, where is Smith fit? Does he get six targets? You know, does he have to hit four of those plays and one of them has to be a long play and a touchdown? He, he looks like he has some explosiveness. Um, I would think that, you know, the Saints rotate one of their other receivers in the mix again when they're at home, and, and I expect them to throw the ball a lot better when they're at home as well. So I think he's in the mix, but he's not, a, you know, a guy that I think is a lock because I only think his targets are going to be, you know, in, in you know the five to seven range. How about Adam Thielen? I mean, this guy just produces every week. He's 8,900, but it's 100 yards every single week. Do you just continue playing him? Uh, is the salary too high? Uh, how much exposure do you expect to have to Thielen this week? He has he has another matchup that you would think that you know has a chance. He plays out of the slot, and he's probably going to see you know he's not going to see Slay on any passes. You know, we're supposed to with Diggs still on the team, so you know he he just he runs good routes. He catches the ball. You know, he's scoring touchdowns. He's got you know five in a row. He's on pace for 148 catches for almost 2,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Who'd have thought that before draft season? I mean, I you know I, I thought he was going to have a great year, and he's he's one guy that I had. Um, probably mispriced as far as the draft pecking order that I would take in the second round receiver. 
and and he has been a great hit for the guys that drafted him. But you know, yeah, you take what you can out of him. I mean, he's star player and he's on a great run, and you know, ride him till he crashes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun ride if you have him for sure. Devontae Parker is back. 22.4 last week. He looked good. It's looking like Kenny Stills might sit again. The Jets have had problems in the secondary. They don't have much of a pass rush. Can we trust Devontae Parker? He's 4,600 or not yet. Parker could have had a huge game last week. If he had, he, he missed on that about a 60-yard touchdown, he was kind of wide open. I mean, that would have been another 12 points. He would have been in the 30s. He looked good. Um, the quarterback got him the ball. Looked looked uh, looked to have a rhythm with him. You know, he he does have some talent. He does get banged up in the past, but I mean, he's got to have a you know a five for fifty floor with some scoring ability. And, and you know, if the game flow breaks his way, he definitely could score. You know, reach twenty points. So he, I I believe if I got him in my lineups, I got him. <laughs> Martavius Bryant did not survive <laughs> the last week, but he, he was gone. You know, but uh, Parker is a guy I wish they picked up in a couple more spots because he was actually a really, really uh, end up being a good bye week cover, and he might work himself into at least a flex play going forward on the teams that you got him. Yeah, certainly has looked good. Had the injury, then he was a healthy scratch. But we've seen Adam Gase do this before. He did it with Jay Ajayi before he got shipped out. He actually did it with Kenyon Drake last year. People forget Damian Williams was the first backup. So Adam Gase has kind of made these mistakes at times. DJ Moore. Finally, the game last week, a lot of people have been waiting for. He was drafted, you know, eighth, ninth round in the high-stakes leagues and didn't pay those dividends the first few weeks. But with Torrey Smith out, he saw an increased role. He had five for 90 on six targets, two for 39 on the ground. He's 4,300 and has as good a matchup as you could ask for against Tampa Bay. What do you think about DJ Moore this week at 4,300 on DK? Yeah, he looks like he's got that explosiveness that Funches seems like Funches is more of like a steady type of guy and almost feels like a tight end when you're playing a wide receiver. He's going to score some touchdowns, get six or seven catches and, you know, 70 yards, but he's not going to go off and, you know, get 150 yards and make some big plays. But, you know, more is coming on. He looked good last week and, you know, all we have to, you know, we played against pretty, pretty good defense, you know, Baltimore to, you know, when he did it. So against a favorable matchup, He's one of those situations, sometimes in this the daily stuff, you know, you catch these players on the two-game runs, and, you know, Moore is definitely a guy that should be in the mix this week because he has the tools to hit on a long play. Cam obviously liked him. They ran him a little bit. You know, he's got four runs in the last four games, and he's averaging almost 18 yards a rush. So he's getting that kind of action too. So there's a lot to like there, and he, he could be on the verge of a special game in this matchup. Joined by Sean Child, you can find him on ScoutFantasySports.com. Your guy, Cooper Cup, looks like he's going to be back this week. He is 6,000. Do you worry about him coming off injury? I know in the season leagues, if you play, you're going to play him in this spot. Would you consider him uh, in DFS at 6,000? Again, high-scoring game, over under 60, coming off injury. Yeah, I think he probably has the most favorable matchup. I would think Cooks against... Uh... Lattimore would be have the toughest game, and I think Woods is pretty safe. You know, Apple's a, definitely an upgrade of who, whoever they had at the other cornerback position, and he will hold as much as he can. But I think, you know, last week, I think if they would have had Cup in that first half, they would have probably been able to take advantage of some of that early pass rush. And, uh, you know, in, in the second half, we saw him get him to Reynolds. So I think he, he is the guy that will be rewarded the most in this matchup. So I, I, th- I think, he like they said, he could have played last week. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I, I would probably, you know, he would be my only choice with Gurley if I was playing golf uh, this week. So, you know, Cup 
you know, he's a, he's a good player, plays on the slot, you know, can gets touches, I mean, uh, targets at the goal line in, in, in the red zone. So he has scoring ability. So there's a lot to like there. And, you know, he was on a very good ride before he got hurt. So I'm, I'm, I'm in on him. It seems, at least for me, most weeks, like we're paying down a tight end. It's just really difficult to pay up. Uh, Travis Kelsey is 6600 the most expensive this week, going against Cleveland. If Tyree Kill sits, that could make it interesting. Tyree Kill was limited in practice after putting in a full practice. Could you Do you see yourself paying up for a Kelsey, or is it just too difficult because you really want to try and get those high-priced running backs in? Yeah, well, he's priced as a you know when when you look at it if he was if he was a wide receiver and, and you got to consider him comparable because he's one of the tight ends that could go seven for a hundred and a touchdown in a lot of games and you know Cleveland will give up some points to uh, uh, tight ends in some games they got beat early in the year for thirty something points so I I think that's you know some of these weeks to especially this week where you get some up so some of the weeks to you know you're it's more of a guess on the tight end position but somebody will come in so if it's a million dollar maker you can take more tickets but if you're single and you know kelsey's a pretty solid player you know has a you know solid projections every week but he also has that ability where he could score two touchdowns and, and score a 30-point game so i think this is one of the matchups where hill's a little banged up um that he's gonna you know produce so uh I would like to get him in if possible, but it really comes down to I think who are you going to use at quarterback, and like you know, are you targeting at the top end at the running back position? I see you have Kyle Rudolph ranked pretty high this week. He's thirty six hundred. Obviously, he hasn't been as good with Diggs and Thielen getting so much. Is this uh, the matchup here? I know Detroit has been giving up some t- uh, tight end touchdowns this year. Yeah, it, I think it's for him. It, he his ranking comes up a little bit better. I think like Diggs is going to probably see slay some of those targets. He'll get maybe shifted back to the tight end position. The running backs they have to be concerned about you know Detroit with the, you know defending the running running back at least in the red zone where some play action passes. And I, you know I have a friend of mine that has Rudolph in a, in a team and he's kind of disappointed. And I'm like, well, when you drafted Rudolph, you must have you must have gained an edge somewhere. So he's only a steady, you know, five for fifty guy, and he's going to score some touchdowns, and he feels like he's underperformed. But you know, this is the type of matchup where maybe he has a correction and he gets twenty something points. So uh, I like his matchup, and he, I think his salary draws more spotlight to him because at thirty six hundred, he's six for sixty in a touchdown. He's he's perfect. So you know, he's got that type of matchup this week. Yeah, Rudolph at least seven points every week except one, and with tight end this year, you will take that. It's been such a bad position. That is Sean Childs. You can find him at scoutfantasysports.com. Sean, thanks for the time, and good luck this weekend. All right, we'll talk to you. Again, you can check all the projections from Sean Childs at scoutfantasysports.com, my articles as well. As well, I'll be back Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, with Dr. Otto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.